Boss Rush Video Game Book Club is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our family of podcasts, head on over to patreon.com slash bossrushmedia to see which tier is right for you. Thanks for your continued support. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Boss Rush Video Game Book Club. I am your host, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the mad pharmacist herself, Stephanie Klimov. I'm here to talk about a very awesome game that I finally had the stones to play. Also joining us on this ride is the bear trap himself, Pat Klein, PK Power. <laughs> yep, and like the bear trap, I am everywhere oh my gosh, <laughs> these things are everywhere <laughs> don't like it uh but before we dive into resident evil we actually have a very special guest joining us on this episode uh chris s from franchise festival is joining us hello chris hello really grateful to be here this is yeah. awesome glad can i just can i just butt in and i'm already cutting you off Corey. no but i i was um I was extended an invite to join in on a Resident Evil 4 discussion with, with Chris and his gang over at Franchise Festival. And I just want to say, like, it was a fantastic time. I'm not just saying because you're here, Chris, but it's the first time I was able to kind of record s- since. Um, mm-hmm. And, since you know, after recording that, I just went to Franchise Festival. I started binging all your Resident Evil stuff. And I'm <laughs> done with that. Now I need to go back even further. I'm, like, binging it the opposite way. Now I'm on Zelda. So oh, cool. I'm sure, you know, Shocker. I, oh, Zelda. Come on. <laughs> but, but Resident Evil, like they do anyone else who just also wants to hear more about Resident Evil lore, because we're just going to do Resident Evil 4 remake. I highly recommend Franchise Festival. I just want to do a little plug there because it's it's a great podcast. And Chris, thank you so much for for joining us. It's it's really awesome getting to talk to you on a recording, but also interface mm-hmm. with you online as well. Oh, yeah, the pleasure's all mine. And uh, for folks who maybe are trying to get up to speed on the Resident Evil franchise, uh, that podcast series is probably a pretty quick way to do it. Yeah, uh, speaking of speaking of Resident Evil, uh, well, Chris, before that, I, I just want to say I'm glad you're here, too. I, I really enjoy uh, seeing Franchise Festival pop up in in the feeds and, and across, you know, Twitter and all that stuff. I... Uh, you were brought to my attention actually by Ed, our friend, Mm -hmm. Edward Varnell. So Eddie V good old Eddie V sure Um, enough. I talked to Pokemon starters with him a few months back, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You did uh, the, our expansion pass episodes, uh, Mm -hmm. with him. Yeah. Great. All right. So glad you're here. First off, I know we all have varying levels of history with the franchise itself. Um, I am like, so Resident Evil to me is like, I'm really fascinated with the characters and the lore and the story of Resident Evil because it's so weird and and (laughs) dumb and hilarious at times and super serious at times. And like, I I think this game actually proves most of what I actually do like about Resident Evil. Uh, But I, I don't do horror games. 
So it's very hard for me to like sit there and play these games for 12 to 15 hours at a time. But I have I have beaten the well, the remake of one on on GameCube. Uh, I have beaten that. I've beaten five. I've beaten six. I've played a little bit of four, the original four. And I've played a little bit of zero. Um, zero is very claustrophobic, uh, mm-hmm. which I get is the intent. Uh, and it's very weird because you got to switch between the two characters, obviously. But what's 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 everyone's kind of history and thoughts on Resident Evil as as a franchise? Uh, Chris, I'm going to go to you first since you're our esteemed guest. Sure, I appreciate that. Um, I have uh, I, I played a lot of Resident Evil when I was young, uh, probably younger than, you know, a person ideally would have been playing Resident Evil. But I come from a, a you know, a, my Dad and mom are big zombie movie fans, so I got into the Resident Evil series early. Um, but it was really diving in. I, I got out of sync with it in in the 2000s when five and six came out, and it was really the uh, the revival in the mid 2010s that brought me back in. And, and I played Revelations and Revelations Two, Resident Evil Seven, Village, all the remakes, and they're on really quite a hot streak here in the late 2010s. Uh, that's probably unmatched earlier on in spite of the nostalgia I have for some of those early tank control, really awkward entries. Uh, like mm-hmm. you were saying, the the remake of the first one. Yeah, I I actually I do want to mention I have played um, uh, Revelations one and two, and I actually mm-hmm. really like those because they kind of feel more actiony than survival horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, like, obviously, I mean, the first one's on 3ds and it's like oh i'm playing on a four inch screen i can just shut it if i get scared you know mm-hmm. <laughs> now i'm playing it on a 60 inch tv in the dark <laughs> i feel like revelations had the benefit of being those bite-sized episodes mm-hmm. or even chapters so you know you can play it for like an hour complete like a whole segment and then find a good closing point yeah yeah um so pat what, what about you since you're kind of commenting already oh sorry um well i uh i originally got into resident evil um i did play the original back on the playstation uh but the first one i got was resident evil 3 but the one that really got me in the series was code veronica Mm. i loved code veronica um as far as how i feel about the resident evil i thoroughly enjoy it um it, it is a good franchise overall I wish Resident Evil kind of had an idea what it wants to be, though. Because mm-hmm. um, it seems like once they start like going in a direction, they end it. And then it's like, well, what are we going to try now? Like, after Resident Evil 8 or Village, what are they going to do now? Like, are they going to keep it with the first person? Or was that just from the perspective of Ethan? And they're going to try and go like some other direction now? I I have a theory. On what they're gonna do? Does it um, call Death Island? No, uh, I don't know. No, I, I don't. I don't know. People think know. Death Island might be the turning point of where it's supposed to yeah. branch out somewhere now. I think uh, that that may be just given the history of the series. The Death Island may end up. Um, they make those CG movies once every few years, and you know they're they're a little bit of fun, but they never really have a big impact on the franchise. But it's got everybody in it. <laughs> Everyone. So did Resident Evil Six? No, yeah. it didn't have Jill. Oh, it says Jill and everyone. Hmm. 
Uh, well, my theory is is that I think they're gonna I think they're gonna remake Code Veronica at some point soon. I wish. I think I think, but the thirtieth anniversary of Resident Evil One is coming up again, and I think they're going to remake Ooh. One again. I hope so too. Yeah, like play. as uh, in the style of you know two, three, and four. Like I, I think they're really gonna do that, and um, I think exploring the mansion <laughs> in that perspective would be so scary and so creepy, and they could, you know, maybe even throw Resident Evil Zero in at the be- like as part of the package. I don't know if they would do that. It might be like a two, three situation where like they'll do them both and just release them a year apart, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, Resident Evil One. The remake is incredible. Like I, I, that game is so scary, but it's also really incredible. And the the things that they do to play with your expectations and stuff. Ugh. Yeah, if people are willing to um to to see what the tank controls are all about, or use that alternate control scheme they came up with, that's mm-hmm. the one I usually recommend people start with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like that they changed that actually in the mm-hmm. uh, in the um the new or in the re-release for xbox one and ps4 like i I think that was a great decision on their part uh stephanie what about you what's your history with resident evil it's relatively short and sweet um i'm i'm pretty sure i mentioned on one of the boss rush podcasts a long time ago my very first exposure to resident evil was when my cousin came over to my house when i was a young kid and he's like check out this game and he pops in resident evil zero on the gamecube no idea what's going to happen and then the scene with the leeches on the train just traumatized me literally traumatized me i think just it had to have been like the age too i was i wasn't ready for that i was not prepared for it he didn't give me a heads up of what it was and after that i'm like i want nothing to do with resident evil didn't play a game didn't see a movie i don't like scary games however as i all right my son comments that he likes scary games okay (laughs) um (laughs) he don't know (laughs) But um, you know when I met we'll start Celeste, early without last. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh no. Um, Celeste told me that Resident Evil actually had a lot of lore, so I've been like slowly flirting with scary games. I did purchase Resident Evil Two Remake, but I couldn't pull the trigger. So when they announced Resident Evil Four Remake, I'm like, that's my commitment. That's how I'm gonna get in because technically it's the more adventury horror. I'm like, okay, you know, gateway mm-hmm. drug. At least it'll ease me into it. And I bought it day one and uh, I committed and man, I loved the, well, I got to not swear because my son's in the room, love the crap out of it. So brief history. I know I I have a little bit of imposter syndrome being on a boss rush book club about Resident Evil 4, but uh, man, I'm just so happy that I finally got into it. Yeah, it's uh I mean, look, Resident Evil 4 is a classic and I think I think what Capcom has been doing with Resident Evil, I mean, Capcom just seems like they can't miss now. Like the worst game they've put out in the last probably decade is what Re- Resident Evil 3 remake and it's still a pretty pretty damn good game. For yeah, I still played it like 6 times. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's I a mean, fun 3-hour romp. I think I think the problem with Resident Evil 3 is that that game just isn't great overall and the bones they had to work off of they did what they could out of it. Yeah. Uh, I love how so, you spaced reverse. 
<laughs> like we don't even talk about reverse. Oh. Nope. Nope. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> like, hey, remember this game came out too and was promoted with Resident Evil 2, but then it was going to be free with Resident Evil 3, and mm-hmm. then it got delayed because people were just like, what the hell is this? Those yeah. multiplayer ones are never good, and you know, they could be, but they just never are. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. There's it's, a lot of folks uh... have a lot of affection for Outbreak which was their first experiment with that back in the 2000s on the PS2. But I was there for it. I rented it, and it's terrible. And it's terrible. Uh. Box quote. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I... So before we get into, like, the, the, the deep dive on Resident Evil 4, I'm... This game made me actually want to actually try to sit through the other ones at some point, uh... I do want to play them because I do think that the series is very interesting. Um, and I really want to, I want to show I, I, the thing is, is like, I own them all. Like I own them all on, on Xbox one, like well, series X, I guess. And I have the ability to play them all. My problem is that I'm just scared of everything. So, mm-hmm. I know, and here this guy is now. I want to play them all. Uh, the weeks leading up to this, he's like, "I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't want to do this." So I did. I okay. So general general impressions. First of all, of the remake before we deep dive into it, I actually didn't really care a, a lot about the remake until until we got to probably I want to say past the lake. Mm-hmm. After after fight, like probably when we get to uh, the the castle, I would say is when I really started getting into it. Right, like the village was like, ah oh, man, this I don't I don't like the chainsaw guys. I don't like it's, the it's a trial guys. by fire. I think a lot of people would say that that was a, probably one of the more challenging parts of the game. You know, at least in mm-hmm. my opinion, the rest I wouldn't say the rest was easy, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but like I. Weekend. I I just I really ended up like getting invested most of the way through and like um I was re- I was actually really annoyed when the the Ashley stuff became like an escort mission but <laughs> but like over time I found that she was kind of endearing and kind of fun to have around uh and overall like I I actually pr- enjoyed most of the experience I don't I kind of want to go go and replay it a little bit actually now with like some of the unlocks and and stuff that makes it easier but um mm-hmm. you know I I wish there was a a, to- a bear trap toggle that I could like turn them <laughs> off but that was probably honestly that was probably the most annoying part of the game is that these or bear like traps are just everywhere The Last of Us everywhere. well that was for moving targets but you know like in some games you have like a a sensory thing where you can listen or whatever, and it'll outline traps or enemies. That would be cool, mm-hmm. but I guess that would make it too easy. <laughs> Maybe that's an easy mode. Good, make it easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. You're not um, a real gamer. Yeah. That's what the that's fine. Tells I play, you. Look, I'm gonna admit, I'm gonna admit it right now. I played it on the, the easiest mode you could possibly put it on. So, uh, but overall, overall impressions, Stephanie. I'm going your way first. Sure, I'll make it quick and wicked. Um, I 
I, I loved it after I got over the initial village part, like the, the initial time sequence before everyone went to the church to play bingo. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was so difficult was for me to play bingo. And, and I was getting used to the controls, right? Like I'm used to games where there's a dodge button and compared to the games that I played, I'm not saying that the game has a fault in it, but compared to what I've been playing, he was like, I felt like Leon was just like, do, 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 like lumbering along, like go, 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 dodge, roll, what, what's going on? <laughs> After dying like five times, I got the hang of the controls and I realized I just have to survive and wait it out. So I kind of, you know, got familiar with it. And once that's, that was over, loved it the 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 graphics were great the the gameplay was fantastic i love finding the notes i know i didn't play the original but i read up on the differences i loved having louise as a partner for a little while so, and um mm -hmm. I, I like how capcom kind of owned uh, owned the uh the cheesy parts of it too and i think that is what helped the creepy parts Mm -hmm. um, so that's my overall impressions. I, I think it was a very well done remake, and it just further convinces me to suck it up and play RE2 remake. Yeah, I think I think the I think the balance between the horror and the cheese really works to its uh, benefit, especially as you get deeper into the game, because there's some pretty scary parts in that. Like, especially when you the when you get to the castle and you're playing as. Uh, Ashley and she, you can't really defend yourself and like the knights are chasing you right like that yes. kind of stuff is like that kind of stuff is like really you feel defenseless right but that like when you're playing Le as Leon and you like shoot the chainsaw guy with the bag on his head right with the shotgun and then that the little prompt that says press x to melee or whatever and you 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 roundhouse kick him down to the ground and then you put two more shotgun shells into his face like it's feel it's, it's hilarious and like mm -hmm. i wrote down i wrote down some one-liners in my notes here from Perfect. like the bingo line the bingo line where's where's everyone going bingo and like that line Classic. was so good so good i got i gotta find some uh i should have put all the one-liners in one space i put them i wrote them so i went <laughs> my notes are like in chronological order as i played the game because I didn't want to miss anything, mm -hmm. uh, but there there's some pretty uh, there's some pretty good lines in this. Uh, we'll we'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, Pat, overall impressions of the Resident Evil Four remake? All right. Well, I thought the remake was well done. I really enjoyed the fact that they put more uh, depth to the characters. Uh, even Sat like originally, in my opinion, Sadler was probably one of the weakest Resident Evil bosses in existence. But now with him having more of that mind control um, that he featured prominently throughout this remake, that puts him up at a higher level, in my opinion. Like this guy could have, in theory, taken over the world if he had a chance. Um, uh, so, yeah, it was overall a good game. It's just Resident Evil 4 is probably my least favorite of the series. Mm. But it was definitely, well, a good attempt. Mm -hmm. What about you, Chris? The original Resident Evil 4 is my favorite uh, Resident Evil game. It's uh, neck and neck with the Resident Evil 2 remake. And I, I was going into this remake with a lot of trepidation. They just haven't made a game this long. In uh, quite a long time, I think the last time they made a game this long was maybe Resident Evil 6. 
And that was a disaster. So I, I was pretty nervous going into this. And by golly, it's now my favorite Resident Evil game. They just, they so stuck the landing on succeeding at recapturing everything that made Resident Evil 4 special while improving the characters and getting rid of the quick time events. So mm. all in all, I couldn't have been more impressed. Yeah, I, I, uh, so I actually like a couple, hmm, well, not a couple months ago, I want to say probably, I don't know, late last year, all the Resident Evil games were on sale on Switch and I, I ended up getting Resident Evil 4 because it was $8 and I play. So the reason why I put it down actually, because I wanted to play it because I knew we were going to do something with the remake eventually, whether it was a segment on the Bossers podcast or, you know, we were kind of pitching spoiler casts at the time. And, you know, obviously now it's video game book club, but uh, the reason why I put it down is like, there's no way to switch to a a modern control scheme. It's Mm -hmm. all, you know, all, you know, there, there's no camera. Like the, the left stick does everything. It aims, it, it moves, it moves the camera. And like, I, I, as somebody who plays a lot of games like destiny and, you know, a little bit of halo and, you know, traditional third person action games, like not having that camera stick really hinders the experience a little bit for me. And so, I I put it down and I waited for this to finally dive in and and I think I think this game is one of the environmentally at least um, is one of the prettiest games I think I've seen. Especially mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what what you guys are playing on. I'm playing on Xbox Series X and I actually played most of the game in uh, quality with ray tracing turned on it was consistently getting between uh probably 45 and not 60 frames a second but probably like 40 to 50 frames a second and uh i played a majority of the game that way and like the reflections off the water uh the the reflections of the fire and like the way the candles flickered in the in like the bedrooms and the in the houses and stuff and the torches like the way this like the environment and the lighting works in this game was one of the best things I think I've seen in games in a long time. Uh, now, granted, the character models, they're they're good, right? But I mean, this game is also on PS4 and Xbox One. So like I knew they had to make some whatever, but I, it still looks um, pretty, <laughs> pretty damn good. Yeah, the engine that Capcom has been using for all of these games since seven, uh, the the RE engine, which yeah. does not stand for Resident Evil inexplicably. No. I think it's like Reach for the Moon engine or something. But it is it is a thing of like staggering elegance because it's the exact same engine that powers Monster Hunter Rise on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Like it it scales up and down so well, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really cool to see it uh, still getting a lot of use in the new generation. Still yeah. looks great. Yeah, um, I it makes me excited for what they're what they can do when they're not. Uh, I don't want to say hindered by last generation, but really able to move forward without having to adjust the engine for those consoles. Right. Like mm-hmm. imagine what Resident Evil 9 might look like or the next Monster Hunter or it's really going to it's really going to be something incredible. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy, the Phoenix Ride series on the mm-hmm. RE engine. <laughs> 
8, 8K yeah. Phoenix, right? <laughs> that pointy hair. <laughs> so pointy. Look at it. The shine from the ray trace. Um all right, so let's hit let's hit the opening of the game here. Uh you you kind of they kind of set it up a little bit with a with a small scene of a girl getting sacrificed. Uh you see the blood running down the stone table and then it cuts to Leon riding with these two cops, right? And uh I think this opening scene is pretty uh pretty pretty fun. Leon's pretty snarky with these cops. Uh, and the cops are, are they, I think the cops kind of know what's going on, but they don't, you know what I mean? They're like, well, people get lost all the time out here. And it's like, well, find them. What are you doing? <laughs> You're the worst cops. Uh, I think the music in this scene is pretty awesome too. <laughs> like the, the Spanish the, guitar. The Spanish, yeah. The Spanish guitar is really good. And, and, uh, it's just, it's just really good. And obviously like the one cop gets out to go pee and gets kidnapped and the other other cop gets taken later but like lesson learned never go pee in the woods in an area that you're not entirely sure about your safety yeah that is that is an action trope through and through like you see it in jurassic park the lost world when the guy goes and takes a piss and then gets eaten up by the little dinosaurs the little ones yeah the tiny ones that bite his dick oh i don't remember if they do that but they probably would have Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's horror trope in 101. You don't go deep into the woods to go take a piss. You just get out of the car, turn your back, and just let it go. Yeah. The, uh, they just got done talking about how people go disappearing from the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First get of all, together, why don't you guys. just why don't you just go to the back of the car and let it out? Why do you have to go mm-hmm. deep, like it's 100 like you're feet all from the dudes? Come on. If you ever go camping with a bunch of dudes. We literally just walk out of the tent and take a piss behind it. And, you ain't got you know. nothing, you know, nobody's seen before. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the the village scene, right? Like, uh, the this is a lot of people, like, really think that this is an iconic opening where you kind of, uh, well, first you walk into the cabin. And this is where it's kind of different from, this is the first kind of major thing that's different from the original, right? Where Leon kind of, uh, I think you actually kill the guy in the first one right away. And in this one, Leon actually tries to talk to him in Spanish or whatever, and then ends yeah. up just kind of ignoring him because he doesn't really know what's going on. It's a good change. Uh, yeah. I, I do like that just from a beginner standpoint that it, it kind of very gently teaches you kind of, or shows you what's going to happen in a much smaller scale. So it's almost like the mini tutorial. Yeah. Yeah. And it also introduced one of the newer type of like bad guys with the broken neck but oh, mm-hmm. it's, it's where the parasite yeah, has sure. taken effect of the body but it mm-hmm. hasn't emerged yet mm-hmm. yeah that's correct yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's it's crazy like when you kind of go <laughs> walk around this house and walk around the corner and uh, in the the he's coming down the stairs right that, that was like the first kind of because I I wasn't expecting him to do that, so I kind of was like I ran downstairs to do whatever, and then I ran back to the stairs, and he was like there in the stairwell. Mm-hmm. It was like I got caught in the thing. I was like, oh my god, yeah, nice. great scare. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I would have known that was coming because that was the first time I was like, oh my god. There's a yeah, lot of there, jump scares. There's, 
there's parts that I like about how they changed the intro. I think adding some of that stuff to the house, uh, making Leon more sympathetic, making it clear that the creatures that you're up against are monsters and not just villagers. Because yeah. in the original, they they don't do anything explicitly monstrous up front. Um, but the, the trade-off is that in the original, it's a little less cinematic. And so all of those fun actions that Leon pulls, it forces the player to do. So it kind of, it puts you in kind of a more empowering situation up front. Whereas in the new one, it takes a little bit of that out of your hands. And I think it may lessen the impact of the village section a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it's probably good on balance for making the story make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So after, after the cabin, uh, we kind of walk into the village and this is kind of the, uh, kind of the 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 grand opening to resident evil 4 right where you're kind of evading the villagers you know if you're smart enough you find the shotgun in the in the house and then you climb up on the roof and then you jump off and you know do all the cool leon s kennedy things right um i do want to say that i did get myself stuck in a corner and i was finding myself like using the handgun to like take out a lot Mm -hmm. of the 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 villagers as they were coming through and then they're uh back in the uh kind of there's like this corner over by the windmill that you can't get to the windmill but you get stuck in, in this but behind this house and in, in mm-hmm. a fence and there's an alleyway underneath one of the houses and i see these villagers coming through here and i see villagers coming for me at this way and then i hear the chainsaw going off and i'm like oh my gosh i am so effed right now and i'm like hunkering down i'm like don't die just don't die just don't die because i knew the bell was coming at some point i was like just don't die and i then i ran out of handgun bullets and then so i started using the knife which by the way did not know the knives were breakable in this game at this point because in resident the original the knife does not break and so uh i'm sitting here like swiping these knives and my knife breaks and I'm like, I'm out of everything. And I and I just start sprinting. And as soon as I round the corner, the chainsaw guy's there. And I thought I was I thought I was done. And the bell went off as soon as wow. I was like, oh my gosh, I just I literally dodged a bullet here. That's perfect. Uh, dodged and, a chainsaw, uh, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Literally dodged a chainsaw. And then the obviously the iconic one liner, the bingo one liner, he hits here. So uh, that opening scene You're very close, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right to the buzz. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. mm. uh, yeah, and and so like you get this is the right after the scene is where you kind of uh get your first taste of uh Hadigan, the uh roost, as you know, it so it's. What really threw me off at this part was like they literally use their names and then they use their code names. And he's yeah. like, I'm looking for the president's daughter, Baby Eagle. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> very silly. I was like, Why? wait a minute. Just use one or the other. Like th- there's no point in using both. Right. Like it, it's very it's very obvious that like if you're searching for the president's daughter, she's going to be called Baby Eagle. Right. Like it just. As as an American, like okay, if you're listening to this and you don't know the significance of eagles, eagles are like bald eagles are like America's ah, America, you know, whatever. Oh, what? uh, but <laughs> I don't know. Usually carrying an automatic rifle in one hand 
and yeah. uh, uh, I don't know, a yeah. cigarette in the other. It's like how the child of the Canadian prime minister is baby maple syrup. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. yeah. Common yeah. Yeah. true. Common knowledge. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going to go with that. Um, <laughs> so basically what we're going to do from here is we're going to kind of talk about each section individually, the the uh, village and the castle and then the end with the island and kind of talk about the story beats and the enemies and stuff from each section, uh, the characters that we kind of meet in each section. And so, yeah, I I actually didn't I didn't like playing through the village area all that much. I like I said, kind of at the beginning, I was I felt like I felt like the village is kind of the most boring part of the game and like the bear traps are everywhere and I know we keep making that. Also, I ran into a trip mine at one point ah, and killed myself. Ah, ah, ah. Uh because I was running from one of the neck the neck guys and yep. I was trying to find some ammo and uh didn't realize that it was there. You didn't hear That's the beeping? I, mm-hmm. I, I did not hear the beeping. I was too I'll busy. Admit, uh, I had a lot of fun getting people not people the things whatever you want to call it to run into the tripwire i'm like haha you fools yeah. did anybody ever get one of the the ganados the enemy villagers uh, stuck in a bear trap yes i did yeah makes you feel like that's a champ. also fun yeah <laughs> when you walk around the bear trap because you finally see one on the ground and then you turn around to shoot and shoot them and they get stuck in mm-hmm. it yeah that's what and they then get. you uh, start walking and you hit another bear trap yep yeah yeah it comes for us all yeah, uh, so the first I I do want to hit on the first kind of major new enemy to this game, which is the bull the bullhead uh, the characters with the yeah yeah the brute. Uh, yeah is that what they're called the brutes I don't yeah, with I that just... big ass hammer holy mm-hmm. crap yeah um, I actually found them more terrifying personally than the chainsaw guy I don't know why you'd think the chainsaw with the bag head would be more creepy but have you seen saw. Mm-hmm. Only the first one. Okay, well, that's still good enough to, you know, warrant your fear of pig-headed people. Okay, yeah, so maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that's where it stems from. I don't know. But they've got range, and their attacks are, they deal a lot of damage. Yeah, they're they're pretty, they're pretty, uh, yeah, that hammer. By the way, though, when you're climbing up the ladder in the barn, like, you jump down, and then you barter through the door, and you climb up the ladder, and you wait for them to come up, and you're kind of shooting them with your handgun. Then you switch to the shotgun when they get to the top, and then they fall back off the off the ledge. Mm-hmm. Oh, so satisfying. It is. So satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this game definitely encourages you to try and utilize the environment or wherever mm-hmm. you are because of mm-hmm. the sense of resource management. Um, mm-hmm. I played in the normal mode, so to speak, quote-unquote. I think I I don't I don't think I ever truly truly ran out of ammo, but I think they structure it in a sense that you're always very close, yep. and I'm also mm-hmm. a bad shot, so I probably are more on the you know, lean side. But still, like that, I so it was always top of mind. Like, how can I put myself in an advantageous situation because I'm like a second away from having nothing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my one beef with this game maybe is uh, you know kind of my own personal issue, which is that I am also a really bad shot. Mm -hmm. And once you bump it up to hardcore difficulty, the ammo gets so scarce and there's no auto aim assistance that Mm. I don't know. I, I I think I'm just basically prohibited from getting through the hardcore mode. 
uh, unless I play maybe with like a mouse and keyboard or something. But using that that joystick, uh, I'll shoot to the left of a Ganado's head, to the right, again over the left, maybe once above them, and then <laughs> finally hit them. Yeah, it's, I feel like uh, they you know, to every have enemy the takes three launcher times. by that point. And Maybe, then, yeah. You know, that way you don't have to worry about the auto aim. Everything just blows up. That would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta gotta get that. Yeah, I did not. I did not have that. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> um, so yeah, we 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 meet them, and then this is also in this area is kind of where we uh, meet uh, Louise for the first time. And this was also another kind of fun change, I think, that people had had fun with, where mm-hmm. uh, you walk down the stairs and there's the cabinet that in the original game he's in the cabinet, and uh, I think people. I wonder how many people tried to open the cabinet first and didn't see the body bag to the right. Yeah, <laughs> at uh, least one of us did. Yeah, I did. So I didn't know that. I actually listened to uh, watched a comparison video. Uh, this weekend to see like all the changes because I obviously, you know, didn't really play the original that much. But that was one of the things that everybody was like, oh, that's that's funny. Huh? And then, you know, you find him in the body bag and um, Mendez uh, comes up behind you and kidnaps you both. So that's fun. What a creepy what a creepy list of like uh, enemies here. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think. Like Mendez, and obviously later we'll talk about Ramon and oh. uh, and and Sadler. Obviously, last the only character that wasn't super scary, but felt more like along the lines of someone that would appear in Resident Evil Five and Six was uh, was Crowder. Oh yeah, yeah, Krauser? yeah. Leon's old armor. Crowser, yeah. Yep. yep. What yep, I say, Crowder, Crowser, yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, man, crazy. Uh, but but Mendez was like kind of scary like he's very imposing he's very big the hat is scary <laughs> like the hat Black makes him look eyes. scarier yeah uh and then you know even later when you're kind of uh when you escape and you go into the that house to look for for some things and mm-hmm. you go into the bedroom i think you're looking for the key for the gate to get out the other side right and uh you know you go to exit the room and he walks in and just like straight up picks you up and and Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I guess we should reading... probably touch on that he injected you with the with the thing. The plague. The virus. Oh, yeah. the Not a virus. No, the the parasite. The plagueis. Sorry. Parasite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh so that was that he's just a he's just a scary dude. Mm-hmm. And then obviously later when you fight him he gets even scarier. Well, so. when you're in the house, I think cuz this is the part that I re- parts that I really enjoy is finding all the little notes. Um, mm-hmm. journal entries and stuff like that. But the bottom line is he is, um, you know, Mendez was the former like village chief and priest or something like that. So it's, I mean, I still didn't feel bad obliterating him during the boss battle, but it's just like a sad story. Like this used to be like just a village minding its business and we'll learn more about it, but it just, they met a terrible fate, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Mendez was a, a charismatic leader who yeah. uh, who was trying to take care of the people of the village. And ironically, that's how they ended up all getting infected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Nice little uh, touch that wasn't in the original. In the original, he was just some giant guy in charge of a village of crazy people. 
Yeah, oh, not so a that wasn't present in the original? No, they, they gave him more of a human touch with those back lures. Mm-hmm. Same. Perfect. Nice. I didn't I didn't know that. Uh I uh, they didn't say anything about what the village was, like how they explained in this one it was uh because of the ironworks, you know, kinda screwed the whole thing over. And then that allowed Sadler to bring in his um bring in his cultist to first influence Ramon and then Ramon pushing it on to the villagers. I only found out recently that there actually was more um, more backstory on the village in the original via supplementary content that was exclusive to Japanese audiences. There's a whole uh, there's like a whole kind of mini audio drama on um, what happened to like all of the village's children and all of that sort of thing. And uh, but that just wasn't a part of the game itself. So it's news to me. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they worked. They rolled a lot of that into the the plot for the remake. Can I? Um, uh, add I like a couple, that. Couple things about the village. So yes. one thing I learned because it's early in the game that you could kind of be stealthy, so to speak. Like you have stealth, but it's not really the best. Like executed stealth. I tried my best. Like I tried. I seriously, I tried The Last of Us. It for the most part, and it never worked. I got attacked by one of those. Dang pigs! I was trying to sneak up on someone, and a pig just plowed me over. I'm like, "What the heck?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyone get attacked uh, by a pig? Yep, I did not. I did yeah. not. Uh, Those barnyard animals are a menace. Yeah. Yeah. Spe- speaking of animals, anybody save the wolf from yes. the bear yeah. trap? Great. That poor little baby. I know. And we saved him during the big fight. Darn yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he saved us. Yeah. He did. Good good dog. Good <laughs> good 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 dog. Uh let's see. Where where do we want to go next? So I, I think uh the the next kind of uh, thing would be I guess the, the boat dock, right? Yeah. And, and like the mo- Was that what like we after we defeat Mendez? Do we want to talk about the no. ba- boss battle? Or no? We haven't uh, Corey's right. The next part would be kind of the boat mm-hmm. was where we went after the the house. Yeah, because I think I think the Mendes fight is after that mm-hmm. when you kind of cross the river, right? Yeah, that's the climax. Oh, the river. The okay, I was I was I was thinking. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Ignore mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we. I mean, we didn't touch on the merchant yet either, though. Do we want to talk about him, him or do we want to save him for later? Yes, I love him. Every time I saw his purple flame, I just was like, it's like Pavlov's dog. I'm like, I'm safe. Um, (laughs) And that music? I'm going to use a Leon quote, in my opinion, of the merchant in this game. You talk too much. (laughs) Gun rhymes with fun, am I right? Um, Also, if you don't buy anything, he makes fun of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I noticed. Which... I liked them. I like the the add-on missions, like shooting the blue pendants yes. and getting rid of the rats. Like I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I'll stop there. I wasn't sure if we want to get into like upgrading weapons and stuff with the merchant, or how far with the merchant we want to yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, how? I mean, what did you guys do? Well, how did you guys upgrade your stuff first? Like, I I bought the case, the big case, because I didn't want to mm-hmm. run out of space. Uh, and I kind of figured that I wasn't going to be playing this game more than once. So I, I got the, the case upgrade and then I just started upgrading my, 
my handgun and my shotgun, like mm-hmm. really just going in to to upgrading it. Um, also, I don't know if you guys uh, are <laughs> are maniacs and 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 organize your inventory by yourselves, but I gotta say the auto kind of correction button <laughs> very much appreciated. You're breaking my heart yep. here. You you auto organized that inventory. Sure did. You skipped the key mini game of Resident Evil Four, keeping <laughs> all of those little doodads in a very precise order. Yeah, I look, there's a doing that. There's a there's a Switch game that's strictly uh, uh, suitcase uh, mm-hmm. organization now. Oh, so I think I yeah, know what you're talking about. By this. Yeah. Oh man, who decided to make a game out of that? You guys are nuts. Uh, but yes, the Y button was my friend on Xbox, and uh, every <laughs> every time I pick something up, I'd go into my inventory and just hit Y to make sure it was mm-hmm. correct. <laughs> yeah, it, it's some strange like ecstasy of order brain drug for me like making making that inventory just right to squeeze in one more green herb or you know one more uh weapon modification is oddly appealing and you know i think it fulfills the role of taking you out of the spooky section for a while like ah it's time to just hang out and organize my inventory while the nice music plays you know you took the words right out of my mouth chris i'm like you know what whenever i needed a break I go in, I just satisfy, because I did try to auto-organize, and it worked, so to speak, but my brain's like, I don't like how shotgun shells here, pistol here. No, mm-hmm. must play Tetris. And then, like, I can go back and, and get the crap scared out of me again, so mm-hmm. same here. Yeah, it's one of my criticisms of Resident Evil 5 and 6, that the inventory has to be managed while actions are going on in that, mm-hmm. and I really like that, that peaceful interval to lower the tension before it ratchets back up. Have any of you guys seen the, uh, the Carbot animations cartoon with Resident Evil? No. They're no. the people that's done like a whole bunch of Elden Ring, like little cartoon skits, but it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because they make fun of that in the, in the cartoon. Like there's a mm-hmm. moment where Leon opens up his case and you just see the chainsaw guy just like, you know, just, kind of waiting for Leon to finish up mm-hmm. his awesome. case before he closes Love it. it. Well, I always wondered, I'm like, where is Leon keeping the suitcase anyway? <laughs> but <laughs> um, so as far as weapons are concerned, I kind of, I didn't want to overthink it, but I prioritized upgrading my shotgun. Uh, shotguns, hands down, my favorite weapon. I got what I needed for, for the rifle. Um, and then I, I honestly, I'm looking at the handgun here. I think I got the Punisher, but like, I didn't like keep on swapping out like the red nine and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like I, I know Magnums are powerful, but it's like a different, um, kind of ammo. So, and I tried the, what's that thing that you can like pin down enemies and you can attach it. Yeah. Yeah, I tried that and maybe because I'm a bad shot, it did not work best for me. So I ended up reselling Same. it. So I just ended up um, just souping up my shotgun, decently souping up my OG rifle, and then maybe upgrading one handgun higher. And then that's kind of it. I upgraded the submachine gun quite a bit, which yeah, is okay. not a smart way to go in Resident Evil generally. But um, the final upgrade for it turns the uh whatever it is the the damage output into 1.5 rather than one and at that point it becomes a really useful item for just kind of knocking enemies over so you can get past them or jab them with the knife 
Uh, so I really stuck to that. A little bit of shotgun upgrade, and then um, there's a weapon modification for one of the pistols that turns it into, I guess, kind of an automatic fire pistol, which chews through ammo really fast, but you get mm-hmm. so much ammo for the handgun mm-hmm. that uh, the the handgun and the TMP, the submachine gun, were my preferences. Nice. Yeah, that's what I did with the handgun. I upgraded it pretty much all the way, I think, mm-hmm. uh, just because I, f- I feel like the handgun has the most utility also. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and the shotgun, I was just like, I need to blast these bigger, you know, especially like when you get, you get the guys with shields and stuff and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of the other enemies that are kind of heavily armored, it really helps to have your shotgun <laughs> at the ready. Uh, I, I tried the, what, the bolt, what's it called? The bolt, uh, bolt thrower. Boat thrower. thrower, yeah. I mm-hmm. I tried it a little bit. I just I found myself being really frustrated after trying to use it, just because I'm not good enough with it. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I, I going back to the merchant and upgrades and stuff. I I think the merchant is awesome and like it's funny because mm-hmm. uh, I play a lot of Destiny and one of the characters in Destiny is, it's Zer. And he looks just like the merchant from Resident Evil. And they've come out and kind of said as much as like, uh, yeah, we kind of really enjoyed playing Resident Evil 4 and we wanted to have a character. (laughs) And it's funny because Zer is the merchant (laughs) in Destiny, the week, the weekend merchant uh, Mm -hmm. who sells you things. And so it's it's it was kind of funny to see him and be like, oh, well, that's actually like the character that he's based off of. So it's it's awesome. All right. Back to. uh, Anybody have anything else to say about the village before we move on to the uh, I mean, do we want we I, we should probably talk about the water monster, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. In the village Lago. As as bosses. Yeah, we get the Del Lago as well as the Gigante. But the, uh, oh, yeah. the yeah, the 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 river creature Del Lago, I, I really like they they would revisit this kind of similarly in village but with a talking variant of it that really lowered the tension. Oh, but in this one, yeah, that, that, that river monster, it's like a big, ugly, angry salamander that pulls Leon's boat around and you have to harpoon it as it goes. Just top. How many harpoons does Leon have, by the way, that boat just is just Mm -hmm. like infinite harpoons. You just, you know, drag it around a bag of harpoons. It's like, uh, like that spike enemy from Mario where it kind of kicks out a little spiked ball. That's Leon with harpoons. So yeah. where does the harpoon come from? The butt? Just you don't you don't want here. in the gullet, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just whip it out. You know? I had had some reservations about this boss because any type of water-based fighting boss, I just I don't know. I have a fear of. I'm like trying to steer a Same. boat and shoot, but it actually ended up being kind of fun. I I think I only died once or twice, which for me is not a lot. Um, and it was actually pretty. It, it was actually fun. <laughs> Gotta say, those Assassin's Creed Black Plague and uh, Rogue prepared me for this boss fight. <laughs> With the whole aiming the harpoon. Yeah. You know, leading it so that, because, you know, it's if you try to aim where you're wanting to hit, it's it, you're going to miss it. Yeah. yeah. Also... Prepared the the cool part when you like he you he's the the boss is coming right at you with its mouth open and like mm-hmm. you have to like jump in its mouth and stab its little wiggly creature that's inside of his mouth 
<laughs> that only I, it, happened to me once. I, I don't know how you trigger that action to happen. The only time that Leon ever got in the creature's mouth, I don't know. It, I had died a bunch of times and then it happened once, but the creature ate him. So I never got to see. I still haven't seen. I played through the game three times and I still haven't seen what happens. You like you stab a parasite in there. Yeah, it's it's it kind of it, it's kind of reminiscent of like the wiggly thing on the uh, on the giant, but it's much smaller. Oh, OK, um, cool. cool. Uh, if you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. So, yeah, I I, I thought that fight was kind of fun. It, was, it cha- definitely changed things up, right? And... Uh, I, I like it just really bothered me how many harpoons there were I, and I know this is a video game and this is all dumb and we're on a we're in a village with the zombies that are walking around farming and, and you know chainsawing each other's faces off but like mm-hmm. I don't know for some reason the harpoon thing like really I'm just like I was really stuck on the harpoon thing that was the line yeah that was yeah uh, so it wasn't like when uh, you know Mendez splits in half and starts f- flying around this uh burning slaughterhouse it was the it was the part that makes sense <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah i remember uh, that freaked the heck out of me in the original one when he first split in half because you know you, you're just barely alive as is and then all of a sudden he's got a second form mm-hmm. like yeah. what the hell yeah so yeah. cool it's straight out of the thing i feel like it it really yeah. kind of uses the thing mm-hmm. as the visual uh signifier mm-hmm. yeah uh so I guess I guess we could talk about the the slaughterhouse fight for a minute. Um, what was your guys' strategy? I just kind of stayed on the top row and hoped he didn't hit me with the you know the flaming <laughs> two by fours. <laughs> uh, uh, but I I thought that part was like so at first I thought like when he split in half I thought the fight was over for a hot second. I'm like mm-hmm. all right great that's over and then he you know, obviously he's flying in the back of the room throwing hurling flaming you know giant toothpicks at you uh but i actually thought that fight was pretty cool especially when he when he picks up the exploding barrels like i i just it really felt like a a good solid fun old school boss fight which Mm -hmm. i get it's this boss fight's 20 something years old at this point but like i i liked it i was like great red barrel shoot it he's gonna die because you're exploding a barrel in his face great i love I love all the visual cues. I, I something we didn't really talk about either was like everything that's marked with yellow can be broken or busted. Yeah, or, love it. Or, yeah, I'm like that's great. I that means I don't have to waste my time breaking every single box in this room. I look for the yellow, and I'll break it, pick up some coins or some ammo or you know a green herb or whatever, and just be on my way. Great. This window can be broken. Great. This ladder can be climbed. I loved it. I loved it. And usually that stuff kind of like. You know, especially in a game, something like Horizon, it kind of like throws you out of the experience because like you're supposed to be in this world that hasn't been lived in. But yet every single thing you can climb is marked with like a white mm-hmm. or a yellow rope or something. But this it like it really kept me moving forward, I think, instead of, you know, putzing around in the in a room with nothing in it. So, yeah, I like anything that, that kind of leans into the artificiality of the medium. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And that's going to differ from player to player. But being immersed generally is not a priority of mine. It is Mm -hmm. for a lot of folks, and that's legit. But um, so given that the space is already pretty artificial, like I'm not going to be able to pick up a fork in um, in Resident Evil 4. I'm not going to be able to use the space as I would in real life. Them enhancing the artificiality in a like a, a user-friendly way, I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Keeps you moving forward, like you said. Mm-hmm. Agree. And uh, I had a similar strategy, Corey, where I just kind of booked it to the second floor for the most part. And uh, by then, I finally kind of got used to, I don't know if you really parry a lot in that fight, but, you know, evade. That was my best friend. And then just blasting with my shotgun when I can. I would say, you know, and we'll talk about the other bosses later. Uh, Mendez might be one of my top boss fights for this game. He was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it was definitely the most engaging, I think. Uh, it Like, well, I, I guess Ramon was pretty engaging, too. But I, I, I feel like the simplicity of the fight mixed with, like, how engaging it was made it definitely one of the, be- the better boss fights in the game, for sure. If not mm-hmm. the best. Uh, unlike the Crowder, the Krauser fight, which we'll talk about later. I, why do I keep calling him Crowder? I don't. I don't know. When you uh, say Crowder, I think mm-hmm. of Chowder. So I, I don't know. I know I do too. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so after you fight, uh, you you have Ashley. We haven't really talked about Ashley at all yet. Um, we like to ignore Ashley. Yeah, I mean, I kind of did, and I don't know if that was a good or a bad decision, but. Uh, I I found her not to be as annoying as I thought she was going to be because like when you first have her like it turns into an escort mission and I like rolled my eyes like not I knew I know this game is pretty much an escort mission but like this is like this is ridiculous and then like the graveyard right where you're kind of you got you kind of have to run but they're chasing like they're chasing you through the graveyard and then the fact that like you can hit Ashley with your weapons like didn't make it any easier and it's like oh my gosh come on let's just can we just like hmm, let's just get through this i you know and then she get, always uh, ran into my bullets yeah always <laughs> her ai and is pretty was, bad mm-hmm. um you know it kind of reminded me of like the videos you see of like uh in the like the last of us when you see ellie running front front when you're trying to be stealthy and ellie's just running all the way around the stage like Bleh. But yeah, I, I must have gotten pretty lucky. I, I didn't run into Ashley, like, stumbling into the path of things too often. Um, she would sometimes get mobbed by enemies, and I'd have to go help her out. Mm. Um, but I, I... This is strange. This is a big difference from the original for me, but I liked Ashley a lot in the remake. Um, she kind of comes and goes through the back half of the game, right? You know, sometimes she's there, sometimes she's, you know, off getting up to who knows what. But the times when she wasn't with Leon, I kept hoping that they would get back together soon. Like, I I felt more exposed as Leon by himself than Mm -hmm. when he had Ashley along, which I thought Mm -hmm. was kind of ran counter to the the game design, right? Like, she's supposed to be uh, an extra source of danger in some ways because it's an escort mission. But I thought what she provided in, like, flavor uh, overcame that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I... um... As I said before, I haven't played the original, but I did watch a Let's Play. And so dealing with Ashley was kind of one of my biggest reservations about this game. I hate escort missions. I just am terrible at them. Um, But I actually got used to the mechanics for her relatively quickly, like the command to have her stay close to you versus to back off a little bit. I felt like that helped me a lot. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'm by no means good at this game at all, but I think I, you know, I've only had issues with her either being sh- killed or whatever more towards the end that we can talk about. But at least in the beginning, I'm like, you know, this isn't that bad. It's not terrible. And also when we get to it later, there's just a lot less, less like sexist jokes and like inappropriate stuff. Like it was actually more tolerable, especially as a, a female playing the game. Like, all right, you know, it's cool. No, they, was... they gave Ashley a much better personality in this game. Yeah. Uh, before she really was dumb blonde. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, Leon! <laughs> and, like, Whoa. just shut up. Leon's that relationship with Hunnigan was uh, was much improved in the same way, uh, Stephanie, because Leon is kind of a creep in the original towards Hunnigan. Uh, and that <laughs> yeah. is stripped out of this almost entirely uh, to the game's benefit. I appreciated the mm-hmm. the minimizing of the creep factor. <laughs> yeah, I was I was like I was almost rooting for Leon and Ashley at the end of the game. I'm like, just do something already. <laughs> like, there's so much like obvious like flirtation there, and like and just back and forth and and the jokes and and like uh, there's a point where like uh, Leon says something. I forget what he said, but she's like. I, is that a compliment? And he's like, you can take it however you want. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. I don't know if this happened in our, our conversation, Chris, when we were, we were on your podcast, but I think doesn't, isn't actually like made to appear at least a bit older in this, in this remake as well. Yes. So it's also yeah. That's creepy. another big improvement. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley, I, I don't remember what age she's supposed to be in the original, but she definitely is coded as younger. In her her kind of her her demeanor and uh, language in the original, as opposed to this one where she's coded as kind of almost Leon's contemporary, yeah, uh, that helps. which also makes that work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Leon's heart beats only for Ada, though. Yes, it does, and I love it. Yeah, but she she does she, appear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They uh, there's something there's like this like angry like sexual tension between them through like the every <laughs> time they meet, and you can feel it. And I'm not just saying because she's wearing a skin tight red bodysuit. I'm saying like you can feel. Yes, it's palpable. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Uh, it's a good evolution on the dynamic that they got going between the two of them in the Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, It was nice to see them kind of build that out here. Yeah. Um, All right. So (laughs) we're actually going a lot longer than I expected. Let's get let's get to the castle, because I think the castle is really interesting. Yeah. and I, I don't think the island will actually take us that long to talk about. Maybe it will. I don't know. But uh, the the castle was like, it almost felt like we were entering a different game or like a sequel to the first game or the first section. Right. And like, so Ram- uh, Ramon is like this creepy, like almost he's I know. Isn't he supposed to be like a kid in the first one or like the uh, no, he's, creepy... he's still old in the first. No, one. no, he he's young look... in the first one. He, he says uh, he says something to Leon. I've played that game way too many times, but he <laughs> says something to Leon like, "You may not believe it, but I'm only 25 years old." Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of his his lines in a cutscene. In that, I, I don't know what's going on with Ramon. Uh, yeah. But uh, man, he's uh, he's a he's he's a creepy character. You want to talk about the creepy characters in this game? He's the he's a creepy one. Little zombie uh, Napoleon. What? Yeah, he went yeah. from Little yeah. Napoleon to uh, uh, freaky Bilbo Boggins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
yes, the castle. Mm-hmm. The castle is such a in like I don't know hours wise when you divide. I feel like the castle felt like the longest part, but not in a bad way, because mm-hmm. it, the chapters broke it out really well and. There are so many like different, almost like biomes within the castle. You've got the underground area. You've got the area mm-hmm. when you start dealing with the freaking bugs, the novistadors that I hate oh, so much. Yeah, the bugs. I forgot about the ugh, bugs. Are... Yeah, and, and the then, hedge maze too. Yes, the hedge maze. And then again, Ashley's part where you're going through the library. So there, mm-hmm. the fact that the castle just, it was a big meaty part of the game. Lots of different areas. So I felt that it, it they you know the developers made great use of the environment yeah most yeah. dynamic setting for sure yeah yeah uh i i actually speaking of ramon i actually really like the bot i really like the ramon boss fight as well um very like i wasn't expecting him to like take <laughs> off and like almost fly i think he's actually crawling but it feels like he's just flying around this room like crazy uh, yeah. He he latches on with his like arm tentacle Thing. things. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the fight mm-hmm. where I tried throwing that dang golden chicken egg, but I kept missing. Like I was always like very close, then he'd move. So I'm like, fine, yeah. I'll re- I actually decided to reload the game. I wanted to see what would happen. I missed again. So after missing twice, I'm like, whatever, I'll just keep fighting. Yeah, yeah. isn't it like an instant kill or something on him? Uh, it, you need two eggs to kill him. Oh, one okay. Stuns him and then one kills him. I never even tried it. I, I hit his portrait with the egg. Yeah, uh, in the uh, you know, like like any good anti monarchist. But um, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I, I never was able to swing sling one at the uh, the man himself. Hmm. I didn't, that boss I didn't fight's a huge that. improvement on the original. The original uh, Ramon boss fight. He's just kind of a wall. Like he, he's, he's a flower he's like on a the sentient. wall. Like yes, exactly, a flower mm-hmm. on the wall. This is so much better. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I did not like it because mm-hmm. of his stupid one-hit kill that he was very frequent in using. Mm-hmm. If he got close yeah, could have to you, that down. you had to get the hell out of there. Otherwise, he was going to bite you and swallow you. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. hated that. Yeah, I mean, the... Yeah, I I guess like I don't know. Maybe it's because I played it. Maybe because I played it on the easiest difficulty because I just wanted to get through it. Uh, by the way, I didn't play it on the easiest difficulty because I thought the game was hard. I played it because of time, and I wanted to make sure I got through it. Uh, because Thursday sure. before because we were mm-hmm. well, we were originally we originally we were originally supposed to record this on Friday, and it's and it's now Monday. So Thursday night, I stayed up way late to try to finish it before we recorded and uh well yeah uh anyways i i just i didn't feel like i had a lot of trouble with the ramon fight like really at all and uh so that's probably on me though i like to play games that are easy or like put it on easy because that's me he's also one of my favorites oh go ahead sorry Oh, I'm just curious about what role the adaptive difficulty must play in this, because the original was very famous for having a difficulty that fluctuated based on the player's actions. And with what you're saying, um, sometimes I had a hard time with this boss fight, and sometimes I didn't. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if it scales up or down based on your behavior elsewhere. Impossible to say. Yeah, I I don't really know. I... 
I think I mean I I did still die quite a few times, like especially against the giants, which we never really talked about. Right. Um, right. the giant fights, mm-hmm. like just because I didn't really understand how to take them down with a handgun and a shotgun, mm-hmm. uh, mostly, and especially in like the the mining kind of quarry part where like the the dog ends up coming back and and saving you when you, uh, you know I, I thought well maybe if I go up higher I can take them out or, you know and then you kind of just figure it out as you go but I could not figure it out for the longest time. And by mm-hmm. longest time, I probably mean like probably a half hour <laughs> uh, yeah. of trying to new strategies and different strategies. Uh, but yeah, and then like you end up fighting two of them with Louise later uh, in the basement of the castle mm-hmm. and uh, put it, putting them in that big lava jar that's just randomly down there, you know? That rocks. Or not, yeah. you know. If, yeah. If you wanted to be cool and get that special little. Well, it was an achievement back in the day. But I got an achievement just, for it. Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's an in-game achievement now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's in-game achievement. It's not like before; it was an actual oh, like trophy sorry. achievement. Gotcha. Oh, okay. GameCube if didn't have trophies or achievements. Thanks, when they, Nintendo. When it came, when they brought it uh, forward to the you know systems that did I, have trophies, yeah, I like the four and all. Just, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm being a jerk. You're, you um, know, Nintendo still needs to get on that. Yeah. It's just so, so much fun to drop them into the lava, though. Like, I, yeah. I wish the achievement mm-hmm. wasn't for not doing the cool part. Yeah, I mean, it's it is fun. Also, like Louise starts becoming like a more likable character in this mm-hmm. kind of sequence. Like, you start finding out more about him, obviously. Like, and then, uh, oh, the the minecart part. Like, like you start finding out more about Louise, and then you go through the mine carts, and like, this is ridiculous. There's some, there's some Donkey Kong Country ass jumps in here. Like, just, it's incredible. Yeah, up. that's why I just, just couldn't take it seriously. Car, like, I saw the chainsaw guy trying to come at me. I'm like, really, bro? Yeah, I'm like, who's what? What good are you doing in it with a chainsaw? Are you gonna throw it at me? Like, what are you? What Was he already down here? Does he just go back and forth in a minecart all day as his job? Yeah. He... You know, they were all just waiting for that moment. Okay, yep. boys, they're going to use the minecarts. It's our time right. to shine. Yeah. Right. And it's like, we choreographed oh, this. No, you know we what know he does? Exactly he... when to push. He's he's in charge of making sure the minecarts can make those lengthy jumps. And that's mm-hmm. why the chainsaw is there. So he can cut little sections out to make sure like yeah. it's just even, you know? Yeah, it's like they snugged a, a Disneyland ride right here into the middle of uh, of a haunted castle. Yeah, who knew? Haunted Mansion mm-hmm. takes on a new meaning. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I really enjoyed that part. I really uh, I I thought it was a great change of pace, especially because like Louise is kind of making fun of you at the beginning when you put he makes you push the cart, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know Lu- Louise at this point kind of became likable, which is sad because he ends up you know, finding his, uh, end soon. Uh, and that was, that, that was a pretty heartfelt part too, where like you are kind of fighting, uh, Krauser for the first time. And obviously, you know, he throws the knife and stat and kind of takes Louise down. And then after you fight Krauser, Louise kind of crawls over and takes one last smoke and, uh, classic, mm-hmm. classic. Yeah. I kind of felt, I felt re- I, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say I felt I felt bad for him, you know. Mm-hmm. That's another it, character it's... development thing. Yeah. Go ahead, Pat. Yeah, he was doing his. It's best. a lot like 
It's a death that they that he was more worthy of getting than the one mm-hmm. that they gave him in the original, where he basically got impaled by uh, Sadler's barbed penis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. silly. Mm-hmm. It also allows Sadler to not turn up until later, which is pretty cool. We we Sadler just exists on the periphery as this spooky dreamlike figure in the remake, whereas in the original he's bopping around the castle stabbing Luis and so forth. Oh, yeah, you're right, because every once in a while, like, if Leon is waking up from something, he'll kind of hear Sadler's voice, and it's Mm -hmm. very creepy. Okay. Mm -hmm. His, like, inexplicable American accent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sadler's voice is kind of a minor misstep in this for me, but, you know, it's a very minor misstep. He's still a lot of fun. Yeah. when they I actually cut off. Whew, that thing <laughs> creeped me out. Mm-hmm. It's like I actually right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think out of the three three kind of main villains, uh, and I mean, does anybody does anybody have anything else to say about the castle before we uh, move on? I mean, playing as Ashley was really scary uh, because you literally can't defend yourself. Uh, yeah, I would like to, to add to that. that it's not just like being defenseless obviously it's a big part of it but a lot of strictly horror games is built along the premise where you can't defend yourself mm-hmm. but it's more like mm-hmm. everything is freaking dark you have this one um lantern where you can like freeze the 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 um oh, hold on i wrote down the name of uh, the armaduras um but it's the fact that ar- these armor like when something stalks you that's what terrifies me so when there's armaduras mm-hmm. stalking you that's mm-hmm. what and it's like dark everywhere. And I don't know if any of you guys went back to defeat like the golden armadura as Leon. Like mm-hmm. that, like Very it was great. less scary when I'm like overpowered and superhero. But I don't know. It's just the darkness, the whole library and everything. And the, mm-hmm. I forget, Sanctorian. I forget. But I, oh gosh, that, that was actually probably one of the scariest parts of the game for me. That section, in addition to dealing anything with the regenerators slash Iron mm-hmm. Maidens. I hate those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I I will say, Ashley's voice actress did a great job during those those scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, I you know, it, it, you got her fear, you got her anxiety during it, you got some good laughs when she's like, "This really, really sucks." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. I said no more nights. Yeah. yeah, you know. I actually have to say that the voice acting in this game was actually pretty good. I I know a lot of people. Have, found ada pretty stiff and weird but i actually liked her voice acting oh, i did can too. i can i say something about that as the token half asian person in in the boss mm-hmm. rush community so I, I i looked at who the original voice actress was um for let's see ada wong and who who it is now not that it matters but it looks like the original person to voice ada wong was just like a Caucasian person. She was. I I don't judge it, but whatever. And then this person was an actual Asian person, and everyone got on this woman's ass about it. Which, again, and she quit Instagram because of it because people were coming after her. So it made my blood boil twice over. One because just people are mean spirited anyway, and then two like we actually had real Asian representation finally, (laughs) and you really just had a shit on her like that. Oh, that. Makes me mad. I agree. I, I don't think that's sexy. a coincidence. That's yeah. what the fanboys want. Yeah. Well, they're racist. She didn't have that much yeah. sexiness in her voice. 
I actually liked oh. Lily Gao a lot. So uh, not that Lily Gao would ever listen to this, but if you are, I love you. Um, we should get her on. We should have her on the show. She was in the Welcome to Raccoon City movie as Ada, too. She She's noteworthy for being the only actor, I think, to portray a character in the Resident Evil series in a live action movie and a game, which is pretty cool, too. That oh, is cool. awesome. I'm going to reach out. Yeah. But And one more fun fact, but this is about Ashley's character, and I think it's the original uh, voice actress, um, Carolyn Lawrence, as Ashley Graham. She voices Sandy Cheeks in SpongeBob. That's funny. That's incredible. Try to take that out of your brain moving forward. <laughs> sorry. I had no idea. Yep. Anyway. I, I will still have to go with Courtney Taylor, but just because i met her so <laughs> oh yeah yeah that yeah. she'll she'll be my ada um a couple mm-hmm. other things um that i want to point out the castle is more about the entities the garadors were terrifying but yes. you know uh when the one where there's two in the room um i did my best to let them take out all the the guards and the zealots i hate the summoner he's the red priest guy that summons the plagos that was tough yeah what a dick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you guys like the representation of uh, Ramon's statue in this one, or would you have preferred the original? Oh yeah, we almost forgot about that. In the original, you are chased by a giant statue of Ramon, like as it comes barreling through castle walls and destroying the the bridge to the clock tower. And this one, it's in the clock tower with the rotating head that breathes fire. Hmm. Ramon's giant statue is is the fulcrum on which Resident Evil's uh, <laughs> horror to silliness, uh, you know, pivot rests. And mm-hmm. so I feel like the moment where that that big Robo Napoleon starts chasing you in the original <laughs> game is kind of the moment where Resident Evil becomes silly and remains silly for another decade. And I loved it. You know, I, I love that that goofy statue in the original. Um Ultimately, I think the way that they still integrated it in the remake without, you know, having it be a QTE or, or some kind of silly event, I, I think it it works a little bit better as uh, a tonally consistent element in the remake. Mm. I'm just glad they gave him the hat. Yes. For the statue. <laughs> oh, um, that's funny. I didn't play the original, but I, I did like my experience, my individual experience um, going around it, just because, you know, I get to think tactically. Um, like tactically like the ball that would roll down the stairs I would just let it mow over people so but you know I never had the joyous experience of being chased by a statue so I guess I can't make the comparison but um, a statue that looked like Napoleon yeah but (laughs) I didn't thing in the world (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, you know I I think that was part and parcel with improving the the pace of the remake Uh, they, they, they took out a lot from the original in the castle and island parts that were just more of the same. And uh, it makes the, the remake just go by a lot faster, which I think is to its credit. Uh, all right. So let's, let's hit the island real quick. This is kind of where like, obviously the climax of the, of the whole game comes together. I thought the whole, um, Ash, uh, Ashley being controlled by Sadler scene was really cool. Uh, and like she fights it and shoots his two guards, which by the way, the guards in the white outfits are super cool looking. Yeah. They're, they're really like striking to look at. Yeah. They weren't uh, in the original and they never turn up during gameplay. 
they're just cool cutscene creepy guys which is which is awesome i i i like when when they do stuff like that just have characters that don't they don't do anything except they're there to look cool and uh i mean i'm assuming they're like the the emperor's bodyguards in uh star wars didn't you yeah well that just guard the elevator yeah well they're in they're in the the mandalorian well a, a version of them are in the mandalorian and they fight the mandalorians in the in the this season of the show which is super cool mm-hmm. uh but yeah i i like that scene i like how they're kind of experiencing the effects together and they're kind of learning how to protect each other from the effects of of the of the uh plaga and like this is when uh sadler kind of becomes super scary right like he's mm-hmm you know, manipulating and, and able to control things with his mind and his stick is super scary. And then when he removes his uh, hood, you see like the, I don't know if he's just wearing too much hair gel with his hair slicked back or if like, no, that, there's actually like his, skull coming out. his head. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's like, kinda, dirty. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's like good stuff as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, it, it's the Island is, really cool i like i i like the whole kind of uh we got to get to the to the top of the the uh mountain type thing Mm -hmm. and like the whole oil rig stuff and like just the whole kind of how the island section kind of flows it's super satisfying i like when the helicopter uh the helicopter comes in to try to save you and like the bugs come in and kind of take it down Bye, Mike. I said, like, as you saw the helicopter going like this, I just kind of like, bye, Mike. What is it with helicopters meeting a terrible fate in Resident Evil? Because I don't think that's the first time. No, it's it's like it's on your Resident Evil bingo card. Like if there's a helicopter that appears, it will be going down. Yeah, I like that in this one, uh, the Novistadors, the bugs get it uh, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the original. It just gets shot down by a rocket launcher. And you think, well, why didn't the other two dozen guys with rocket launchers get it? Um, you know, it, it carved a swath through. Whereas in this one, it makes a little bit more sense because the bugs pop up. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously you get the Krauser fight, which this is where Krauser kind of takes on his quote unquote final form. He kind of sucks. I this was I didn't I didn't like this fight really at all. I had like I had a really hard time with this fight for some reason. Uh, I don't know why exactly i had a hard time i i just felt like i wasn't evading fast enough also it was like super late <laughs> and i was like i want to go to bed so bad uh but the satisfaction where you parry his thing five times feels great it's oh. yeah it's it yeah i mean it it was an interesting fight i i like the uh whole my arm's gonna turn into this like soul caliber <laughs> nightmare sword arm yeah, big soul caliber energy on Krauser, yeah you're right Hey, yeah, can I was someone like, oh. help me understand? Because I was probably too busy trying not to not die. Krauser's connection, all this. Because I also know that they, in the remake, they made the plot make more sense with Krauser. Mm-hmm. And I know he was the one that ultimately helped bring the president's daughter to Sadler. But, like, why? Is he just obsessed with power? Because all I heard was power, and I, uh, I don't know. The thought was that it was because uh, he was... I guess soured towards the government for having his whole platoon be essentially killed due to the government not like 
giving a helicopter and trying to pull them out of enemy yeah. territory. In Operation uh, Javier in South America. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a mixture of that and then when he got the Lost Plagas, it just kind of more corrupted him from changing his original I want to take down America to, hey, I have power now. I could just be Alpha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he, he doesn't... Uh, like you said, uh, Patrick, he 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 was uh, underserved by his government, and then that was kind of his entire his ethos. And so, once that was gone, he needed some kind of barometer of self worth, and mm. becoming stronger was his barometer of self worth. Okay. Uh, so the Plagas ended up being a means to an end for that. Gotcha. Not a super compelling motivation, but more than the no motivation that was present in the original. Makes sense. Okay. It was so much cooler that it was an actual boss fight this time and not just a series of quick time events mm-hmm. that oh, the last one was. That used to be QTEs only. That was mm-hmm. like an entire QTE. And if you died, you had to do the whole damn string over again. No, well, there our... were two in the original. There were the two fights with Krauser, which still persist in the in the new one. There's the earlier Krauser fight where it's just kind of a straight up knife battle. I like and that. that is, that's a million times better in the remake because in the original, yeah. it's like you said, Patrick, it's just a bunch of QTEs. The the sequel, the Krauser fight on the island in the remake, I found to be pretty similar to the original. It's just it gives you a little bit more um, on-screen prompts to know what to do. So I found him more readable uh, in the remake. Mm. Plus, he sets an auto-self-destruct thing in the original, and I have died after the Krauser boss fight just because of his silly self-destruct sequence. So I like that they cut that right out. Made him yeah. go back to being slightly more human mm-hmm. after his death. Much cooler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, can we so, also talk about running into the regenerator for the first time? Yeah. Just how perfect that was. You open the door and it's right there. Incredible. <laughs> nope. Pass. With its, yeah, like, with so its grin and just like the flabbiness and just like, <laughs> what the f- yeah, it'll slither across across the floor at you. Oh. Uh, every time you knocked it down, it just uh, just yeah. like fish jumps. Yeah, I spooky, thought it was spooky. just an uh, a defunct animation. I'm like, oh, look at him go! Ah, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was super fun. Um, pass because you didn't have the heat source yet you just had to run and then they throw a second one at you Mm -hmm. it's like (laughs) that that's classic then they turn into iron maidens they you know explode Mm -hmm. out at you oof chilling gross uh so let's let's kind of anybody want to talk about anything before the final boss fight uh um, I, I like that they went more into the Las Plagas itself, like just mm-hmm. what it is. And then seeing the giant amber with like hundreds of the bugs embedded in it. It's like, ooh, oh, yeah, this is like it. I felt that this remake gave the threat more like more seriousness. Yeah, more credibility for sure. Did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, Sadler was far more powerful in this uh, in this version, just with the fact that he could control the minds and knowing that if he got these bugs into the people that he wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, he'd have the world right in his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I really enjoyed the the 
like the amber stuff. I really enjoyed like the the especially the scene where Leon and uh Ashley kind of cure each other, I guess. Uh you know, I think that scene is very uh a very fitting kind of I don't want to say end to their kind of struggle together, but I I really enjoyed uh you know them kind of bantering back and forth and uh ashley's still really pulling hard for for leon like <laughs> we work we work well together right like you know i was like oh my gosh just just when they cut to black they should have just boned and got it over with like jeez <laughs> this is ridiculous this is just just do it already i do like uh, how you know without without her like he would have been screwed like she still yes. ends up helping him out too so mm-hmm yeah. yeah, I think that's a critical uh, improvement to the story of this, that Ashley is, she has a lot more agency in the game in general, but she saves Leon, you know, as much yeah. as Leon saves her. I think that's a really important pivot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ashley was such a one-dimensional character in the original that, you know, it's like Leon definitely had no, like, feelings for her whatsoever to the point mm-hmm. where she's like, hey, we could, like, go somewhere, you know, at the end. And Leon just flat out tells her, no. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, that was a great scene. And it, it's it's cute how they change it up in this one. Like, hey, you could become part of my private detail. Yeah. Uh, you already proven <laughs> you don't need me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's it's nice with the the bit where they remove the Plagas as well. That that was almost an afterthought in the original game. Um, th- they were both infected with Plagas early on in the original Resident Evil Four, and then it very barely turns up until the end, uh, where Sadler controls them momentarily, and then they just there's this threat that when they'll have it removed, that it could be perilous to their health. But then they just do it in two seconds and there's there's no real risk at all. It mm-hmm. kind of happens off screen. So uh, they really leaned into that in the remake, I think, to the uh, to, to the uh, to to improve the emotional uh, bits of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of get to the the final boss fight with with Sadler, which is where I actually started using like the <laughs> the. Uh, the machine gun, like the mm-hmm. the assault rifle kind of weapon. Uh, Any just... true Resident Evil player will save their best weapon to the boss fight. The final boss is when they'll, like, if you get a magnum, you don't touch that magnum <laughs> until you get to the final boss fight, and then you use all the ammo on that. That is how a Resident yeah. Evil game should be played. Yeah. yeah. And then Ada, th- Ada tosses you. First of all, Ada's kind of, like, strung up, like, really just hung up there and then she like leaves when you say she just leaves what are you doing it is out she does what she does best Mm -hmm. yeah i mean geez and then but that she does throw you a rocket launcher though so Mm -hmm. classic Uh, yeah i i kind of felt like the the final boss fight was a little it wasn't as engaging as the kind of the first two major boss fights, right? Like it, it just kind of like shoot the shoot the ball where his skeleton clearly is, and then evade his tentacle arms, dodge, you know, shoot the ball. Like it, it was a, I don't know, it it didn't feel like an afterthought. It just didn't feel like it as fleshed out as the rest of them. It wasn't my favorite boss fight, but definitely my Zelda instincts kicked in because if you see an eyeball, you shoot that eyeball. 
because that's mm-hmm. essentially what it is. There are eyeballs on Sadler, and you have like a almost like a circular um, arena where you just literally maneuver around until you start smashing parts of it off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to hit a button and cross a bridge to get to the other side. So I was constantly moving, 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 mm-hmm. moving, um, which I found that part engaging and very dynamic, but uh, I did struggle a little bit here. <laughs> um, I forgot, didn't he sum- summon, he summons um, Novistadors, right? I think. He does. Yeah. It's a huge hassle, but yes. I, the one bonus is that they drop ammo because i was running out of ammo on this fight yes. so that yep. was nice mm-hmm. really hard to hit those eyes magnum thank ammo. you <laughs> yeah yeah the for me like the whole like shooting part of the game was kind of okay i think this game is definitely made to be slow and methodical and not running mm-hmm. and using a, a, a assault rifle type weapon right like uh, when when you start using those automatic weapons, they just kind of feel like this weapon was not made for this game. Where did you get this from? <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then uh, they're gonna jet ski jet ski across the uh, one of the many oceans that this world has back to America, mm-hmm. and you know save the day on a jet ski. I can't yeah. believe they kept the jet ski escape in this game. I thought if they were gonna cut anything from this. I thought they were going to cut the jet ski escape because that's the most mid 2000s <laughs> game element in this. But no, it's there. It's awesome, though. Like That part was so cool. Like it's It was so dumb. Yeah. And like even even like going through the tunnel on the jet ski, like even the gates, half of the gates were shut. So you had to pick a side. <laughs> it was like, oh, my gosh, this is so like, I don't know, man. It was it was really funny. Uh to play i i was kind of laughing the whole time <laughs> and you had to dodge the boxes that were in the water too like mm-hmm. you'll take damage so it was so funny and you yeah. only hit like six to ten ramps you know <laughs> so you did that a couple times yeah it really yeah. feels like somebody played wave race and said can can we put that in too like can yeah. we get a little wave race in this resident i know i was hoping like why can't leon do a handstand i did that in wave mm-hmm. race 64 <laughs> come on man mm-hmm. get with the times leon uh, Sinji Mikami is a big fan of uh, Wave Race Blue Storm on the GameCube. He's like, let's put that in there. Can we put that in there? Let's put that in there. Um, I want to go back to Sadler for a moment because one thing that kind of like made me raise an eyebrow with the whole Sadler fight is when you exp- got to meet Sadler for the first time, you realized he had this incredible regenerating ability. Like you can shoot him in the eyeball, he'll just make a new eyeball. Mm. So. You know, what was it? it the, he, like, was super huge by the end of it with the whole, like, vine tentacles and the amber thing in the middle. What was it about one rocket launcher that completely disintegrated every single one of his cells? Like, he should have been able to shrug that off. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a video game. You know? <laughs> I completely forgot that it is he weak had point, the ability see. to regenerate. <laughs> Because well, okay, video games. you know what? Maybe, maybe it's uh, now that I think about it. Maybe it's based off of the regenerator where they hit his actual plagas, killed that, oh. and maybe that killed it. Just like it would kill a regenerator. I'd buy maybe. it. Okay. okay, you know what? I'm glad we talked about this. Head cannon, <laughs> perfect. Now I can sleep at night. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. 
man. Uh, so was there anything? Was there anything we didn't get to that we want to hit on before we get out of here? I mean, I, I, the more I played this game, the more I grew to understand why people absolutely love this game. Uh, how about the fact they put Wesker in it? Yeah, at the very end. Yeah, I guess we could probably yeah. talk about that. That Ada was kind of working he wasn't for Wesker. A voice. He actually was in the game. Yeah, glasses and all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, well, there's a confirmation that they're going to make a five. They freaking got him a voice actor. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That that was a little bit of a sour note to me. I, I like that the original was a little bit more of a, a standalone adventure as opposed to being tied into the all that Wesker shenanigans. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. On a different day, I might see it differently. It's cool to have him there, I guess, too. Uh, So... Yeah, on that note, the is that is that Ada DLC like real? Is, do you think that's coming? Is it coming? It has to. Yeah, I hope I would, so. Uh, I would actually like to do a mini uh, video game book club on that with this same group once that comes out and people play it because I think it would be a cool continuation of this conversation. Oh, the book club addendum. <laughs> Ooh, bonus chapter. Yeah, uh, exactly. Epilogue. I don't know. Epilogue. Yeah, epilogue. Yeah. You guys are smarter th- than I am at that. So, uh. one last thing I just wanted to mention because we don't really talk about it. Um, and this is just a silly personal thing. You know what I ended up really liking about this game was the treasures. I really got mm-hmm. into finding all the treasures. And I'm like, no, no, no. I got to put gems in it first. I'm not selling it until I get all the gems in it. Um, normally, I'm not really big on like collecting everything. I mean, part of it's because I need money to upgrade. But yeah. I really tried to get everything that I could and the, the, the ability to trade. Um, what particular kind of gems, Chris, or... Pat or whoever. To get the, the maps to make sure I covered everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, chef's kiss. I loved it. Yeah. Again, check out the, uh, what I call it, the, um, that, that cartoon? cartoon that I was yeah. talking about. Oh. Check that animation out because it hits all these wonderful tropes, especially like that one about how you trade junk in, he gives you those gems, you give him the gems, he gives you a ticket, you give him the ticket, he gives you, uh, you give him a ticket and gun, he gives you the gun with the powers. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's just hilarious. <laughs> I say check it out. Yeah, I like the treasures a lot as well. They add to the replayability. You know, you're, yeah. you're going through it a second time and it, it gives you this extra goal of trying to hit every treasure in a chapter. Yeah. You know, that's one of the in-game achievements. And so it just, it makes you play the game differently. It makes you see areas you wouldn't have seen before. Uh, it just adds a fun little wrinkle, I think, that that increases its dynamism. Yeah, I uh, I I definitely like. At first, I started out. I was like looking for the treasures, and the blue medallions were like really fun to search for, and mm-hmm. uh, you know that that kind of stuff. But I I kind of stopped looking for stuff just because, like, on the on the easiest difficulty, you get like quadruple the amount of money <laughs> from than the than the yeah. other modes. So I'm just like, well, if I'm just finding money. I'm not gonna like you know just to kind of get through it and. I kind of want to go through it as a, at a slower pace now to try to like take more of it in, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but that's uh, that's it. That's gonna wrap our discussion on Resident Evil Four for this video game book club. Uh, I think this game. I thought it was great. I'm kind of shocked at how much I liked it, especially based off the first few hours I was playing it. I was 
a dreading it and b kind of thought the opening hours are kind of slow and uh but you know like i said earlier once you kind of get deeper into the game it gets more exciting and mm-hmm. action-packed and more ridiculous as you keep going and uh yeah great 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 experience um We'll have to we'll have to do it again some sometime when uh you know no new games are coming out or we decide to do another one or maybe uh maybe we'll start doing Patreon polls for uh this show after after oh, Zelda though because go. we got to do Zelda uh mm-hmm. so Chris thank you for joining us tonight uh this was it was great having you on your insight and your knowledge of this game it was really I think impacted the show uh this episode a, a, a lot more than I think we anticipated. Uh, so thank you for your time and, and you showing up. We want to tell everybody where they can find you before we get out of here. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and thank you so much for having me. This was a real treat uh, to, to get to talk about this amazing game with, with three wonderful people. So um, listeners can find uh, my work uh, over on franchisefestivalpodcast.com or uh, by searching franchise festival on their preferred podcast app. We should be on, on uh, all of them yeah i i recommend listening to that show it's very good uh i i'm i'm glad that you could be on this was this Mm -hmm. is a real treat for us as well uh pat stephanie thank you for your time as well um my pleasure i always enjoy talking about video games yeah doesn't matter what game who who does it who doesn't (laughs) you know who doesn't uh i want to thank all of you out there for watching and or listening uh remember you can get these Video game book clubs once a month. Uh, you can get them two weeks early uh, if you are a patron of the Boss Rush Network uh, for just a dollar a month. You can get this and other shows early. It's a big deal, guys. It's a big deal. Look We're kind of a big deal. It's uh, huge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can always watch these episodes on YouTube as well. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Boss Rush Network, or go to bossrush.net. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Off to play bingo. Bye. The Boss Rush Podcast is a product of Boss Rush Media LLC and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. This show is produced, written, and directed by me, Corey Dierig. My co-hosts are Stephanie Klimov, Laron Dawkins, and Edward Barnell. You can find Stephanie at Klimov underscore author on Twitter and Instagram, as well as on the EXP cast. You can find Leron at Exodus803 on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, and also on Crossroads, the video game podcast. You can find Edward at ThatRetroCode on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting Nintendo Powerblock. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HD and find me hosting Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast, and co-hosting Nintendo Powerblock. Find the Boss Rush Podcast on all social media platforms at Boss Rush Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.